This hot, this the spot, there it is, pod.com. We're interviewing the best comedians, so tune in quick and get your ears receiving them. We're talking about life and life to stream right to you from the microphone right to your home, dude. Side note, this might get embarrassing, but no, don't sweat, yo, because there it is. Welcome to the There It Is podcast, a podcast for creatives of any ilk. I'm your host, Jason Farr. Let's do this. Welcome to a new year. It's 2017, and this is the first episode of 2017. I am so glad to have you along with us if this is your first episode. Hey, thanks for listening. This is also a great one for you to listen to for the first time because... Uh, of course you're listening to this episode for the first time if this is your first episode of the There It Is podcast. But the reason I say it's such a good first episode is because it's a recap of 2016. Yeah, I'm going to go through every episode. I'm not going to play any clips because I didn't have the time for all that. Ain't nobody got time for that. But what I'm doing is I'm going to go over what I learned from an episode or something I loved about the episode or just some tidbit about an episode. And you can always go back and listen to those. We are on iTunes and SoundCloud, as you probably already know. And you can go to thereitispod.com and find all of the episodes and old blogs. So please search through all that. You can also find us on social media on Facebook and Twitter at thereitispod definitely like and follow us on those social media accounts and engage with us about whatever we throw out there for you. Well, let's get started with our very first episode of the There It Is podcast, and I'll start by saying why I started it on June 7th. is because Prince was one of my heroes, is one of my heroes still. He, he can still be that. He left us this year in April. It was a huge shock to the world and had a huge impact on me because his career has had a huge impact on me. I've paid attention to him since I was a kid and a lot of my identity is found in Prince and uh, what he did in impacting the world. And as a sort of tip of my hat to him, I wanted to start the podcast on the day he was born, the the 59th anniversary of his birth, uh, 58th, 59th, and that was June 7th that he was born. So I wanted to do that as a way of connecting to him, thanking him for all of his inspiration. I would not be the nerd that I am if it wasn't for first nerding out on the Batman soundtrack that he did, and then subsequently all of his music and all of music and comedy. I'm a huge nerd, and I like to pick the brains of people and ideate on what they're saying and ideate on how to create things and how to make things. So that's why I started this podcast, and the first episode was with Tess Rafferty. Tess Rafferty, of course, from, I guess, the biggest thing that she uh, was known for was her book and for the soup. Uh, she she was a fun guest. It was a an interesting talk because I don't know that the other talks went like that one did, and that was the first one. A lot of a couple people told me that oh wow that got a uh, kind of political, and it did, and that's not typically 
what uh, I do on the podcast, but I let people speak their mind. I don't edit things um, too much. I'll edit out, edit out ums or topics of discussion that got us off track or any sort of technical glitches and things like that. But if somebody is speaking their mind, I don't want to edit that out. I don't want to take away the essence of who they are and what they had to say. So I kept it in there, and I, I, I think I kept uh, that to be true for everyone who has been on the podcast, except for Justina. She said a lot of very insulting things that I had to cut out. And again, I want to um, say sorry to the people of Rochester. All right. Well, uh, enough of that. Um, Tess Rafferty was a great guest. I learned about writing jokes and how to break things down, which is what we did at the end of that episode. The second episode, which launched the same day as the Test Rafferty episode, was with Corey Cavan. He I got to be familiar with because he worked on the website for Late Night with Jimmy Fallon, which is an Emmy winning winning website. It was that there won a couple of Emmys, I think uh, two or three maybe while he was there. And they really changed the game on how particularly late night shows use the internet and use social media and those Emmys were much deserved. Corey was a great chat. He was just super fun. I didn't really realize at first until I started talking to him and, and researching him that he was from North Carolina. I didn't uh, I didn't know that until we were talking and uh, he's up in New York now and that was a, just a super fun episode. He was super nice and uh, just a lively discussion. He was telling a crazy story about how he made his way out to New York City and uh, some real shady people that he came in contact with. And then he got into comedy in New York and met more shady people, people I'm sure. The next episode was another New Yorker. It was Kayla Milady. Kayla is one of my favorites. So those three episodes, they launched the same day. And Kayla is a fantastic person. She is a world-renowned, world-champion beatboxer. She works, one of her m many things that she does, but one of the primary things she does is work with North Coast. It is That is a hip-hop improv group that performs at the Pit in New York City. And they have some ties to UCB as well. And they are a phenomenal group. They have so much energy. And they are freestyle rapping over Kayla Miladies, or they have other beatboxers as well. So it depends on the show you go to. But Kayla will lay down some amazing beatboxing. And people will come in, improvisers will come in, they freestyle rap, and then they do improv scenes that are inspired by what came out of the freestyle rap. And I think Kayla's job is so interesting because she's basically the one who will edit a lot of scenes. She has to really have a good eye for that. She can't only be musical. She also has to have good comedic chops and good improv technique and chops. So she has to know improv well. She has to know comedy well to know there's where the joke is and that's the button on the joke. It's time for me to come in and edit that scene so they can go on to something else. She's phenomenal at it, and that group is great. If you're up in New York City at any point in time, definitely go check out North Coast. All right. Wow, three episodes down. Excellent. 
What is our next episode? Well, our next episode, ladies and gentlemen, was the fourth episode, (laughs) if you count well. And it was with the Reformed Whores. I love Marie and Katie. I saw them for the first time at the very first show of the very first New South Comedy Festival, which is run by Alchemy Comedy here in Greenville, South Carolina, where I will be living for the next couple of months. And before I, too, moved to New York City, and I can uh, talk about how all these people I met uh, and talked to on the podcast are are now, uh, uh, I guess, hometown friends of mine. Uh, Not hometown, because it won't be my hometown, no matter how long I live there. Either way, Marie and Katie, they're fantastic. They're at the New South Comedy Festival. And the two of them, they're also in New York, and they're two of my favorite people on or off stage. That episode came to be because I've seen them a couple times. I've gone up to Asheville to see them perform, and they're just the nicest people. And I asked them to be on, and they said, of course, and because they're just that nice. They had no reason to say such an emphatic yes, but they did because they're wonderful. And I am so glad I had them on. I got to learn a little bit about creating music. I think uh, that was a good part of our discussion, but also just like integrity and performance. They are two really solid performers. They have such a, such a command on the stage when they perform, and they're uh, wonderful to watch because of that. They're super funny, and then they get off stage, and they're this, the nicest, funnest people in the world that you can meet, and they're going to be at the Charleston Comedy Festival coming up later this month, I do believe. I, I I'm really hoping to see them, so I hope that that information is correct. If I did read what I read correctly, and that wasn't from last year, they were at the Comedy Fest last year as well. The two of them are wonderful people. You should definitely check them out, and you can buy albums of theirs. You can uh, you can see them perform live, and you will learn so much. If you are a performer and you are watching them perform live, you will learn a ton. You will just there's no way not to learn from watching these two because really great performers are still teaching you while they're entertaining. And these two definitely teach while they entertain. Next episode was with Sarah Highlander. That was episode five. And you can already hear in my voice how excited I am to talk about Sarah Highlander. I started following her a long time ago, ages ago, better part of a decade ago on YouTube. She was doing uh, some, she had these really funny YouTube videos like Kentucky Lightning, which we talked about, and Lacera, which we talked about. And we ended up connecting, I guess, through Facebook and, and maybe even MySpace, if it goes back that far. And she's just, she is a delight. And she has so much going for her as an entertainer and performer. She's a very unique performer, and she's got a very unique voice. And she's a lot of fun and very funny. I just, she's, she's adorable. And she, I asked her to be on and she again gave an emphatic yes, because she's a wonderful person. She had no good reason to be saying yes to this brand new podcast. that was nothing. Um, But she, uh, she said yes anyway. And uh, we talked about how she creates characters. That was a really fun episode to talk about with her. If you want to know more about creating characters, she's a, that's a great episode to listen to. She's a great person to hear from on that subject because she creates such rich characters and she's a lot of fun to watch perform. And 
go check that episode out. Don't pause this episode and then go check it out because I, I don't know, it might be confusing. Just, uh, just check that episode out. <laughs> the next episode was with the fantastic Jill Bernard, an equally wonderful person as uh, the people I've already mentioned. She's a renowned improviser and instructor out of Minneapolis at the Huge Theater. And she does a one-person show, and she has done a tremendous amount of things. She's been instructing all over the world. And we talk a lot about the heart of improv. And that was one of the things that really stuck out with me. This was, I think I lived off of a high for a couple of days after this talk. I, I... chatted with her and I just I think I had a show that night maybe and I just was running on so much because of this episode she really has so much integrity as a person and as a performer and you can really sense that in the episode and when you watch her perform and uh, one of the things we talked about her instruction we talked about her approach to improv, as of, of course I'd talk about the the integrity and principles she has of improv, and she's really earnest and she's a true artist, and she really, really believes what she teaches and she practices it. And I know that because when I met her, it was at the New South Comedy Festival, the second one, and she, I took an uh, improv workshop with her, and she told me during it that I was a natural leader and that, you know, something about how people seem to follow my lead. No one had ever said that to me before. And it really meant a lot to me. It still means a lot to me. And it's, you know, over a year later now that uh, that's happened. And it's still something that has given me a little extra confidence in myself and my ability and what I can achieve and that's going to stick with me. I am, I am going to try to do some things because she said that to me. And I am maybe even going to succeed at a couple of those things. And it's going to be because she said that to me. And that's, what I, that's the sort of thing that I point to when somebody says, what can you gain from improv other than learning how to perform and learning about comedy? And I'd say it's that. Because it is all about supporting those around you and bringing out truth and bringing out something that makes people just love their life a little more and love the world a little more. I think that's what you can get from comedy and from art. And she practices that. And that's a really wonderful chat. And it was one that after after it was done, I just said, oh, I need to listen to this one again and take some notes. She was great. Check that one out. Next episode was with Josh Gondelman, a such a such a nice guy <laughs> that the New York Times wrote an article about him and some other comics and how nice they are. That's how nice he is. <laughs> that a national publication said, "Hey, do you like nice people and are tired of mean people in comedy?" Well, here's Josh Gondelman and a few other people. He is a comedian, stand-up, and writer. He works for Last Week Tonight with John Oliver. He also co-created the Twitter account Seinfeld Today, the only real popular modern Seinfeld. There's some other, like, knockoff brands, but this is a real deal of modern Seinfeld tweets. And he's super-duper funny. 
He has a comedy album out called Physical Whisper that is available now. And he is he's a great guy who, who we talked about creating jokes and what to do in order to make that uh, make a joke work and talked about uh, touring a little bit. And, of course, about Seinfeld and how to crack that egg. Because the Seinfeld show is a very specific kind of approach to comedy. It is, uh, it's one of those things where you read the premise of an episode and you laugh. Like, it's that funny. So it's hard to, to come up with those on your own when you're not Larry David or Jerry Seinfeld or one of the people who wrote for the show. Was it Larry Charles? I think that was one of the names of the people on the show who was very famous, one of the writers who's real famous. Great episode. You learn a ton. I would definitely check that one out, especially since Last Week Tonight is such a renowned and great show. Why don't you tap into the brain of this guy, Josh Gondelman. Fun episode. Speaking of another fun episode, Douglas Wittick. He was the next episode. He's a New York City actor and comedian. I mentioned North Coast earlier. He is in that. He is also in a great musical sketch group called Pop Roulette. And uh, he's on sketch teams at UCB. He's fantastic. The guy is great. He is a jack of all trades. He can write music. He can play guitar and piano. He can sing. He can freestyle rap. Uh, He can (laughs) act. He can... uh, do just regular improv comedy scenes. He is, he's such a, such a unique performer. And we talk about that and how we got into that and all the different things he did growing up in Florida, I believe is where he grew up and uh, the school he went to and he was in the arts there. And it's, it's a really good, it's a really good talk for that and the discipline that uh, goes into that, but also the discipline that goes into sustaining your career in comedy in New York. And he is doing these big, renowned, beloved things that are in New York City, which is hard to do because there's a lot of comedy there, and he's doing popular comedy in New York City, and it's because it's so good. And how do you approach being prepared to do those kinds of shows? And it's focused practice, and we talk about that. We have a really good discussion about what practice should look like for you and what your mentality should probably be as you practice. If you're just farting around in practice, it's going to be real hard to get better, right? Same goes for anything you're trying to do. If you're trying to, do, trying to get better at anything, if you're half-assing it, if you're not putting that much into it, you're going to get very little out of it. That old saying is right. You get out of you get out of the thing what you put into it, so that's not exactly how the thing how the saying goes. I don't think they say the thing, but you get what I mean. That if you don't put much into it, you're not going to get much out of it. And he's someone who puts a lot into practice, and he's serious about that. He's disciplined about that, and it's a good talk to learn that sort of thing. It's also a good talk if you're not doing comedy, if you're doing anything. What should your preparation look and sound and feel like? Well, that episode can tell you that. So that's a good one for you to check out as soon as you can. That was episode eight. Well, now we're at episode nine, if you are uh, keeping tabs with math. And it is with Greg Tavares. I mentioned the Charleston Comedy Festival. He is the co-founder 
and an actor and an improviser. At Theater 99, he does a lot of things in Charleston. He directs shows at other theaters. He is a phenomenal, phenomenal talent. And he's another person like Jill Bernard, where after the discussion, I said, I just feel better as a person. <laughs> he is uh, one of the greatest people I know. Um, and and I'm just talking off stage. On stage, he's a fantastic performer. We talk about integrity and uh, of your performance uh, and your stage behavior uh, in this episode, but also just good work, good scene work on stage. And one of the things he said, he talked about Bobby Moynihan being that kind of performer who can do that fast UCB play and also completely believe in the world that he's in. And he, he that is very true about Bobby Moynihan. It is one of the things that's so good about him. Greg Tavares is really good at that, too. He believes the moment he puts his foot on that stage, it's like he's in another place than you. He's not on a stage. He's a person living their life and is in the location that he's in. And he's also super funny. But like Jill Bernard, they don't see themselves as comedians. They see themselves as artists. And I think there's a lot of merit to that. And yet they are still so funny. <laughs> they do phenomenal dramatic work as well. But Greg is great. Greg is one of the best people. Um, the day after the election, I was pretty sad. And um, he was someone that you could reach out to and he would be super nice. <laughs> um, and I called him once and we chatted and uh, he had to get off the phone really quickly. And uh, so he said, bye. And then like a couple minutes later, he called me back to say, hey, we had a rushed goodbye there. So I just wanted to call you back and give you a real goodbye. Who does that? Who is that nice of a person that they circle back around and say, hey, I just want to let you know that I wanted to give a real goodbye. I realized that wasn't a, a proper goodbye. Nobody is that much of a gentleman anymore. No one is that nice anymore, except for Greg Tavares. Wonderful guy. He's a, he's a good old chap. He's, he's not old. He's a good chap. <laughs> we talk about UCB in this episode already. We've talked about it already. Why don't we talk to someone else from UCB? Lindsay Calloran. UCB's Lindsay Calloran. She is an improviser and instructor at the New York City, one of the New York City uh, theaters. And she's fantastic. She's a writer and actress as well. And we talk about the fundamentals of improv. And it's a very good chat. We talk, we've talked off the uh, podcast, uh, she and I, about fundamentals of the Herald and approaching second beats and things like that. She's a good person, too, where I can send her an email and say, hey... I have a question about this and she will give me a good like lengthy response with a lot of uh, a lot of thought has been put in into it. We talk a good bit about supporting your partner, not judging others. That goes back to what improv can do. It can teach you practically through again through practice, not to be redundant, how to not judge other people and how to support other people. And she's great for that. She's she's really great at encouraging that and pushing that 
And if you need to know more about that sort of thing, listen to that episode, folks. Or if you like the episode but kind of forget those details, hey, why don't you just go back? It doesn't hurt. You can go back and listen. Next episode was with stand-up comedian Jared Harris. What a unique performer. He is out of Atlanta, and he's been on The Nerdist and Lopez Tonight and Fox and Comedy Central. He's, he's done a lot of good things. He's performed all over with Ryan Singer and another very unique and interesting performer. One of the favorite shows I've seen here in Greenville was, or anywhere, one of my favorite comedy shows was the show that he and Lace Larrabee and Ryan Singer did here. Fantastic show. This is a good talk because it just it just takes away the bushes so you can't beat around the bush. Uh, takes away the spoonful of sugar and just tells you what it is. Straight up. It's just, here's what the business is like. And here's what can happen. And Here's what people can do, and here's what just goes down. And you need to just be prepared for that if you want to have a career in comedy, if you want to do comedy. One of the things he said in that was, I think people should just start their own business (laughs) and get a real job uh, if they want to do comedy because that just teaches them discipline. And I think that's that's a good thing. You know, having something that's keeping you sharp is always a good thing. And Jared is a pretty sharp guy. And I think you should listen to this episode. Um, he he gets into, he's like, gets into doing his character stuff and he talks about that. And then again, like I said, we talk about the industry. So it's a good episode for that. Another Atlanta comedian, so I went back to back Atlanta, was with Mia Jackson, fantastic stand-up comic. She's been on Fox and Last Comic Standing. And she played herself in the movie Mother's Day with the late great Gary Marshall. And can't believe he we lost he was someone else we lost this year was Gary Marshall. She got to work with him. We talk about that. We also talk about her comedy and we talk about how to create a joke. So we workshop uh, a joke of mine at the end of that just to see what that process is like, how you can bounce that off of other people and see how that bends the joke and makes new things become aware for you. That's a really good idea, by the way. If you are a stand-up comedian and you're writing jokes or if you're writing a sketch or writing any sort of bit, anything that you have to write down, bouncing it off of people will help open your mind up to what all is really there. Helps you mind that gap. So uh, that's a good episode for that and learning how to break down a joke. Speaking of breaking down jokes, here's some money you really need to listen to. The next episode was with Joe Toplin. He is a former head writer for both The Tonight Show with Jay Leno and The Late Show with David Letterman. And he also was a head writer for a couple of other shows like The Chevy Chase Show. He has done almost everything a person could possibly do. He worked with In Living Color. He uh, was he he worked on Monk as a producer. He knows anything that you need to know about how to do and create comedy, particularly late night comedy, because he's done it all. He started out uh, writing for Late Night with David Letterman, and uh, ended up just moving up the ranks in the late night comedy world has a lot of great information and he's a super cool guy and helps you just break down 
hey, here's how a joke works. Here are the different approaches you can take. Here's why it works. He goes through that in his book, which is a great book called Comedy Writing for Late Night Television or TV. You can find it on Amazon. So buy it. I did. And you can learn a ton just about the, not necessarily the formula, just kind of the, it's like math. So it is sort of like a formula, but not in that sort of paint by numbers cheap way. It's like math that makes you think. So you have to, you have to put some brain power to it. And that's what he teaches how to do. Great, great episode and great, great book. So get both that episode downloaded and that book in your hands. <laughs> Next episode is with Toby Morell. He's a lead singer of Emory and he's a podcaster. He does the Unstoppable Failure on the side, but his main gig is with Bad Christian. And I've known Toby. He's a he's a dear friend. <laughs> I've known Toby since he since we were in college. We went to college together. I met him my freshman year. Haven't stopped laughing at how stupid and crazy he is. He's a very talented musician. I know he's not a comedian per se, though Unstoppable Failure is a comedy podcast. He's a super funny guy. I took an improv class with him in college, and he's just naturally funny. And that's not the reason I had him on, because he's funny. Uh, I had him on because he creates stuff. He is uh, a musician and a, and a songwriter. And I think we can all learn something from that process uh, because it's still creating something. But even if you're uh, creating comedy, you need to know more about that process than just comedy and how comedy works. You also need to know about discipline and stick to and dealing with the fear of doing something that's scary. And he knows a thing or two about that. He moved to Seattle with our college buddies uh, who are in Emory, on 9-11, the 9-11. And they hopped in the bus, or no, there wasn't a bus. They, I think they had like a big van or something. I don't know. They all, they all were heading out west from South Carolina and found out about 9-11 on the road. And they still went to Seattle. Like going across country to Seattle to pursue a career in music is scary enough. Throw in a tragedy like that one, and you really learn what you're worth. And uh, he went through a scary process on a scary day, and uh, look what he be became. Look what he accomplished. And that is something you really do need to know about. If you really want to pursue anything, you gotta, you got to know how to stick to it. you got to know how to approach that. Well, the next episode was a, an unreal episode. <laughs> uh, the next one was episode 15, and it was with Sharna Halpern. Now, if you are someone who is not an improv, and maybe not in comedy, and you're listening to this, then that name may not mean anything to you, but it means something to virtually every name you do know that's in comedy. She has paved the way for so many people getting on SNL. She trained people like Tina Fey and Amy Poehler. She's good friends with them. Adam McKay. All these people who have done all these amazing things over the last 25 years. She had a hand in 
informing their comedic <laughs> brains. Uh, she is fantastic. And I still can't believe I had her on the podcast. Uh, I don't think it's ever sunk in. I don't think it ever will. She was very sweet to do the, to do the podcast. She's unbelievably accessible. I mean, if you can uh, contact her and get her to respond which is a pretty simple process. It's just sending her an email or something. Uh, she will, if you want to talk about improv and, and you have an outlet to tell others about improv, she will do it, apparently, because that's why she did the podcast. And we talk about everything that you could possibly talk about with Sharna Halpern. She is from, she's, she is the director of the IO Theater in Chicago, and she co-created the Herald, uh, as a, on top of found, like founding, being the founder of that theater. And she really paved the way for all of the theaters that have come after it because a lot of them started at I.O. anyway, like UCB. And all of the people who started UCB started at I.O. when they did improv. And there's so much of the I.O. theater that's in the DNA of any theater that's come since whether it's how do you have a successful theater how do you keep running a successful theater uh, what's the business model for that and then also the curriculum and the logic that goes into it she had a pretty heavy hand in all that and she's great it was a great talk the talk ranges on a ton of different topics uh, of course improv uh, advice on that advice on instructing improv as well as performing it, and people who want to start running a theater. Like, if you want to learn any of that stuff, listen to that episode. That was a really fun talk, and I I picked her brain a ton. It was a really good one. Not because of me, because of her. Next episode, episode 16, was with Dave Stone. He's a stand-up comedian who's been on Craig Ferguson and Last Comic Standing, and more. And he's a super funny guy. He's a good guy. He was a part of the group The Beards of Comedy. And uh, he's appeared on um, Adult Swim and Just for Laughs. And he has done a lot of the sort of do-it-yourself touring thing because he, a couple of years, lived out of his van and toured around the country and did, lived out of his van. He's out west now in California, and he's great as ever, very good talk about that process of living out of your van and figuring it out yourself, you know, like getting out there and how to live that way and how to approach your career if you're ready for that. If you if you truly are ready to start touring, this is the episode to listen to. That's primarily what we talked about. And it was a really fun chat. I was, again, very uh, happy that he said yes to it. It was another one of those situations like, yeah, I know we've met and I've opened for you, but I'm very surprised he still said yes because he didn't have to. He did not have to. But I, I'm so thankful that he did because that was another one of those episodes where people were like, hey, that was a very interesting talk and I learned a lot about a lot, a lot from that. You really can, especially the touring aspect of it. The next episode was part of the Greenville Comedy Marathon uh, with some hella interesting folks. <laughs> uh, Harrison Brookie, the artistic director of the Alchemy Comedy Theater here in Greenville, 
was the person asking all the questions in that episode. And so it's a good episode for just learning about all the different comedy things going on in Greenville. Uh, We had Todd Jansen, Tracy Amick, Meg Pearson, Tom Emmons, and Carrie Adams on the episode. And they each talk about their distinctive parts. Uh, Of course, Meg is there for Alchemy Comedy as she is a co-founder. And she's also going to be with us in New York City when we move. Uh, She's already going to be up there. And Todd Jansen is with Laughing Stock and Greenville Little Theater. He's a fantastic actor and a fantastic improviser. Tom Emmons is with No Expectations Comedy and Comedy Zone and Crowd Play Events here in Greenville. Tracy Amick is with Cafe and Then Some and SC Children's Theater and Carrie Underwood, uh, Carrie Adams, <laughs> Carrie Underwood, Carrie Adams. Listen, Carrie Adams is beautiful as uh, Carrie Underwood on her best day. I tell you, Carrie Underwood on her best day can compete with the beauty that is Carrie Adams. Strong woman, uh, Carrie Adams. Anyway, uh, <laughs> she wrote a book called Ruthless, and you should buy it. It's a good book. She also uh, did stuff with No Expectations Comedy and Groovy Tuesday. So that's the things that they were talking about in that episode. You get a real good idea of the comedy here in Greenville, South Carolina. Aiden Mary was the next guest, and she is super fun. This was episode 18. She is an actress out of L.A., and she also is a writer, and she was in a, she's in a couple of episodes of New Girl, and she's done uh, some other th- uh, acting gigs that I'm not sure if I'm allowed yet to mention. I'm, I think she has announced it, but I don't want to jump the gun. She's been in an Herbal Essence commercial. She's done some other fun things in the industry that you can check out, like Harder Than It Looks, which is a web series that she did. And this was just one of those fun episodes that I've done. I had her on because she has just such a fun sense of humor. And she was, the episode actually aired the day her episode of New Girl aired. And I think she is... Oh, maybe I shouldn't have said that she's going to be back. I don't know if that episode's aired yet. <laughs> Welp, that's staying in the podcast. Anyway, I gave Aiden a nickname. It's Yaden, and it's a perfectly good nickname for her. I uh, want to be best friends for life with her. She's always nice when I speak to her, but I don't know if she wants to be BFFs with me. So I'm hoping that uh, she does, but we don't know. We just don't know yet, folks. And maybe one day we'll find out. What can you learn about acting uh, in this episode? Well, it's the approach to a career and where your mind needs to be and how you need to accept certain things and stick to it if you really want to do it. And that rhymes, but it's like a bad rhyme where you rhyme uh, to it and do it, which is just a very cheap rhyme. Was it trying to rhyme, but it just ended up being a real cheap rhyme. Poet and didn't know it is as cheap of a rhyme. All right, folks. Next episode after that very fun, uh, one of my favorite episodes. All of them are one of my favorite episodes, but I just had so much fun talking to Aiden. Anyway, Jimmy Corrine was on the next episode. I can't believe he was on it either. He was uh, episode 19. We talk about podcasting, we talk about Chicago improv, we talk about instructing, and 
he helps me figure out what I need to do in New York and how to approach like getting myself out there. He, of course, is uh, renowned for improv in Chicago as an instructor, especially around the, the globe. But he also is podcaster. He does improv nerd. Sounds a lot like what I described this podcast to be. I'm a nerd and uh, it's about improv. Uh, <laughs> I talk about stand-up as well, but this, this guy is great. Because talk about, again, talk about someone who's super-duper encouraging. So he was you know, saying, oh, I decided to do the podcast because it looks so professional when I looked you up online. And uh, then he was like nice enough to give me all this advice and uh, really wish me well. Is a super encouraging discussion. He's someone who really does believe in yes-anding and supporting other people. And we, we talk about all this sort of stuff as well. It's a very insightful and fun episode. So check that one out for sure. Jimmy Crane, really great guy. Hope I get to talk to him again. Another fun episode was the New York City trip episode. As I mentioned previously, I'm moving to New York, but Jimmy Crane also was giving me tips on what I need to do while I'm in New York to uh, try to make some connections. And I took them and they were great. This episode was with Justina Sparling, my girlfriend and the person I'm moving to New York City with, along with uh, other people that are going <laughs> moving to New York City. Uh, I'm sure like 100,000 people will be moving the same day we are. But we also have friends and close, close people in our lives who are moving up there with us. This episode was a fun one because we just experience the city and then talk about talked about what we experienced so we went to the new york public library and we talk about seeing the original stuffed animals that inspired winnie the pooh we went to the roots picnic you learn a lot about performance seeing great performers as i mentioned earlier went to the magnet theater saw cornfeld and andrews again learned a ton and rick andrews being as wonderful and nice of a person as he is gave us a ton of advice and we also uh, went to see The Late Show and Late Night with Seth Meyers tape. And both of those tapings are super fun. Learned a lot about hosting uh, and just putting on a show, putting on an event and what really needs to go into it just to get everyone prepared. And we went to the Comedy Cellar and UCB as well. And fantastic shows we saw there and had a couple of people that... Uh, I found out about and came in contact with in New York City in upcoming episodes like this next one, Rick Andrews. Yeah, episode 21. I just mentioned uh, Rick Andrews as if I had already mentioned Rick Andrews, and I hadn't. This is the first time <laughs> I'm mentioning this episode. Rick Andrews, episode 21. He is an improviser at the Magnet Theater and an instructor there as well. And this guy is making a living instructing improv because he's that good. And again, a guy who yes-ands people and supports people because before I even said, hey, what can you tell me about New York City? He just gave us a bunch of information and tons of information is saying like, anything you want to know, just hit me up and I'll answer. And he's done that. And he's a great guy. We talk about improv. We get real nerdy. <laughs> if you're an instructor or a coach, you'll hear a ton about how to approach running a class or practice. And we also talk a little bit about uh, just 
how Armando Diaz is as an instructor. And this is a lot of great talk in this episode. Uh, We talk about how he approached doing a duo show with his buddy Kornfeld, Louis Kornfeld. Really great show out of Magnet. You should check it out for sure. (laughs) And uh, I, I thoroughly enjoyed the episode. I hope you did as well if you already listened to it. And if you haven't listened to it, what are you waiting for? It's a great one. Again, do not pause this episode because that would be super awkward to then (laughs) have to try to find your place in this episode. Anyway, don't worry about it. The next episode, as I mentioned, I had some people I came in contact with in New York City and following episodes. Well, this is one. I had Joyelle Nicole on. She is a New York City stand-up comic. She's fantastic. We saw her at the Comedy Cellar. And she also works with the advocacy group, advocacy group, Lady Parts Justice. And we talk about that. A lot of good nuggets of information there from writing and approaching a career in comedy, especially in a city like New York. But also just what goes on in life, you know, uh, what what happens and things that we need strong people like Joyelle for. And uh, I really enjoyed that talk. She was really a trooper for doing it because she was having, uh, she was like a little under the weather and she still did the episode. And she was great, gave a lot of information and had some cool stories about Dave Chappelle and Chris Rock. So you should definitely check that episode out. The next episode was with Zach Ward. Zach Ward is a Yes Sander extraordinaire as well. He's the founder and artistic director of DSI, the district, no, Dirty South Improv Comedy Theater in Chapel Hill. And uh, he's uh, also the founder and executive producer of the North Carolina Comedy Arts Festival, which happens in February in Chapel Hill and a few different locations. He's fantastic. He's done a lot of great things and is more than 20 years of doing comedy. He has... Uh, been instructing for forever. He started Im- improvising in high school. That's how he's gotten so many, so many years in in his young life. And he's been in Chicago, and he's done shows there, and he's done a ton of things. Like he has done so, so, so much, and we talk about it all. He's done a variety of types of shows. Uh, he's, as I said, he started and founded all these great things. So it's a great episode to. Learn all of that and learn how to instruct, learn how to start a theater. That was what we talked about at the end. Like, what should someone do if they want to start a theater? And one of the things he said was only start a theater if you or or whatever you want to start. Only start it if you can't imagine it not existing. You can't imagine your life without it. You can't imagine the world without it. Right. So you got to be real to answer that question. You can't just say like, well, I really want it. It has to be, no, this thing is so useful or this thing means so much to me that I want it to exist. That is what it's going to take to start something as big as a theater because there's so much that happens to you when you try to start a theater. We have a really great discussion about that and just, again, approaching improv approaching comedy. He is someone who considers himself a comedian who does improv 
in order to, uh, to perform <laughs> comedy. So he's fantastic. It's a really good episode. You should definitely check it out. The next episode is with Harrison Brookie. So he's already been mentioned, name dropped once, as it is on this episode, uh, this very episode, just a couple minutes ago. This is episode 24. Harrison is the artistic director, as I mentioned, of the Alchemy Comedy Theater here in Greenville, South Carolina. And this is a phenomenal chat. Uh, the people in the Alchemy Comedy Theater who have listened to it said, wow, I learned a lot more about this theater than I realized was possible to, <laughs> to learn. Um, but there are other people who listen to it and they say, wow, what an engrossing episode. And you really do learn a lot. I think it's because we were together, uh, it wasn't over Skype or anything. And we also know each other as well as we know each other. Again, someone who has been super encouraging to me personally, I've had all these opportunities I wouldn't have had if it wasn't for him. I have uh, taught a 101 class and I'm about to teach a 101 because of Harrison. And it was when I started improv, I said this in a couple of other episodes, I believe even the Douglas Whittock episode. Yeah. Douglas Whittock and somebody else. I saw UCB. I saw ASCAT specifically and said, I want to do improv. Before that, I didn't want to do improv. I saw ASCAT and I wanted to do improv. And when the Alchemy Theater started, it was after I saw ASCAT and the team that was the four co-founders of the Alchemy Theater, Harrison Brookie, Meg Pearson, Jason Underwood, and Ben Burris, almost said Ben Schwartz. Um, the four of them started the theater and they were doing an Armando style show. That was what started it. So when I finally got my way around to seeing a, a show and saw that, I first said, dang it, I wanted to bring this to Greenville. But secondly, was just ready. You know, like I need to be a part of this somehow. I, I want to take the classes. I want to be a part of Alchemy. And he did a lot to help me get in Alchemy and really reached out and said, what I got to do to get you in Alchemy? Got me in Alchemy uh, by me taking the classes, but he just helped me get into it because it's expensive. And then eventually he invites me to join that team, that Armando team. So you what, what you have to understand is I felt like a bucket list item was crossed off my list when I started doing improv, but wanting to do improv because of ASCAT and then being equally inspired by the four co-founders of Alchemy seeing them do the same kind of style and then being asked by them to do it with them was unbelievably encouraging. And I've just been able to, there's so many things now that I can say I did and it's because of Harrison. And we talk a little bit about why he does that. Cause I've seen him do that with other people. And a lot of people aren't like that. A lot of people don't go out of their way to make sure you do this thing because, and it's just because he wants to see you do it. It's just because he believes in community that much. And he does believe in supporting other people and he has practiced it through improv. We talk about that stuff and we talk about starting a theater and it's a great talk. It's a really, really good episode to listen to. Uh, 
Alchemy Theater, it's legit. Speaking of legit, next episode, Brandy Sullivan. Brandy Sullivan is, I mentioned uh, in a previous, about talking about the previous episode with Greg Tavares, that he's a co-founder. Well, Brandy Sullivan is also a co-founder of Theater 99 in Charleston, South Carolina. And she is a phenomenal talent. She's just so funny, and she's a great stage performer. And we have a really fun talk about uh, like ways to focus while performing, uh, coaching performers, and ways to just approach improv in general, and how to get invested or vulnerable in a scene. And it just spans a lot of different kind of improv talk. It's a very good episode because she's a very very experienced but also very very good improviser so you will learn a lot about how to do improv and what it takes to perform well if you listen to this episode it's a really good one again that is episode 25 a nice number 25 number 26 was with paul mercurio now i came to find out about this guy because he is the warm-up act for the late show with Stephen Colbert but this guy has done a lot and continues to do a lot he's an Emmy and Peabody award-winning stand-up comedian and writer and he also has a podcast he worked on the Daily Show with Jon Stewart and I believe he did some work on the Colbert Report he also appears on CBS Sunday Morning and he's been on ESPN, he's uh, been at the Montreal Just for Laughs Festival. This guy has done a ton of things. He started out as a Wall Street lawyer, banker, and decided to go into stand-up. And he has had a, an illustrious career and continues to. His podcast is called Two Chairs and a Microphone. And you hear from Paul McCartney in the episode. Uh, very interesting talk. A friend of mine uh, told me that they were listening to the, this episode in the car and we're just laughing hysterically and the person in the next car uh, thought they were crazy. So that's what this episode will do to you. It's a good one. You learn so much just about approaching comedy, approaching a career, and these interesting nuggets of information that he has to give uh, in this interview. It's a very entertaining listen. You should definitely check it out. The next episode was episode 27. 27, my favorite number. And it was the Thanksgiving episode. And this one, I it's a short one. I talk about the sort of, I don't know the right word. Just this, people were real sad after the election, right? Some people are not. Some people are happy. But some people are real sad. And in this episode, I say, well, what were other things that have happened in life. Like some bad things have happened before and people still created stuff. And I went with the 1960s and specifically uh, the music of the 1960s. And that was a tough decade, a lot of tragedy, a lot of tragedy. I mean, a lot of people said 2016 was a rough year. 1960s was a rough decade. All the assassinations, Oh, yeah, the start of wars, all these terrible things going on. And um, it wasn't until almost the middle of that decade that African-Americans got their civil rights. That was when <laughs> uh, 
I have my civil rights now because of that. And can you imagine being alive at that time period? I was not. That's why I say they got their civil rights because I wasn't here. I was born with civil rights because of the work that people did a decade or so before I was born, uh, a decade plus before I was born. And and just the decades and decades of work people did leading up to the 60s of work that people did. But imagine being alive at that time period. You don't have your rights. JFK was just assassinated. You know, all these terrible things are going on. And then people are writing these Motown classics that when we hear, when we hear these songs, they bring us joy. You think about, I, I, one of the main things I talked about was Sam Cooke. Listen to the episode, uh, what he went through when he was writing the best song in his career. It's unreal. That was, uh, that I was told that was a, an inspiring episode, and I appreciate that, but I was inspired by all the work people, people did at that time period. We, we learned a lot from them. I hope we continue to. The next episode was episode 28, and it's with Molly Gaby. Now, you want to know someone who's a firecracker and who's fun, then you got to know Molly Gaby. She's awesome. She's an awesome performer. She's a peach of a person uh, off stage as well. And she is an improviser out of UCB. She did, uh, or she's doing a, a Herald team called Women and Men. And uh, she's done a ton of other things. She's a sketch team called Buzz Off Lucille, and she's super impressive. She's a, a favorite performer of mine. I saw her at the North Carolina Comedy Arts Festival and instantly was like, she's great. I love her. I want to know her. I had a girlfriend at the time, so I didn't mean it that way. I just mean she's so inspiring that I wanted to just know her as a person. And I'm glad I do because she's super fun to talk to. It's a really good episode for improv nerds like myself because we just break down the Herald and her approach to doing improv and doing a Herald. So it's a great episode for that and also um, her motivation for improv, which was cute boys. Uh, her words, not mine. Listen to the episode and fall in love with Molly Gaby. Uh, not that way, guys. Okay? Be normal. You can love somebody platonically because they're your spirit animal. Uh, the next episode is with Brian James O'Connell. Brian O'Connell. Uh, there's another person named Brian O'Connell. That's why we have to say Brian James O'Connell. But we're talking about Los Angeles actor, writer, and director. And he is phenomenal. He's a phenomenal improviser and phenomenal instructor. He's out of the Iowa West in the Pack Theater. And he's done a ton of stuff. I met him at the New South Comedy Festival. And... I listened to him. I took a couple of his workshops. I was listening to him, and I said, this is exactly the kind of person I want to talk to about improv because he will just go and go and go, and I'll be like, I'm listening to all of it, and I'm taking notes. Uh, he's, we talk about how to perform more successful, successful improv because he believes in uh, that there's not bad improv. There's just successful improv and, and more successful improv. And uh, we also talk about coaching improv, 
along with a host of other topics. He's a great listen because he's a wealth of knowledge. He absorbs things completely and he can uh, he can send it right back out almost as specific as he absorbed the information. He is great at just picking up on the essence of a situation or a person and putting it out there. So listen to that episode. Listen to it twice. The next episode was episode 30, a nice round number, and it was with Mark Kendall. He is a very, very great, talented performer out of Atlanta, and I saw him perform here. Uh, and he also has performed at the Charleston Comedy Festival at the beginning of 2016. Towards the end, he performed at the New South Comedy Festival, and he did his solo show, Magic Negro and Other Blackness, and he did another solo show as well. And he instructed a little, and he is great. He's great. He's great. And he has a lot of interesting stuff to say on and off stage, and he's also a super nice guy, very unassuming and um, very warm. And I, I appreciated listening to what he had to say and, and just he's super creative. And we talk about creating solo shows and being a uh, performer in a solo show as well. And he's just done it. He's done some really cool stuff. And I think you're going to hear about him in the future because he is he is something else. Speaking of somebody who's something else, how about Amber Nash, episode 31? She, as you may know her as Pam from the FX series Archer, she is uh, also an improviser, lives in Atlanta, fantastic. Uh, she uh, performs at Dad's Garage a lot in, in Atlanta, and she was at the New South Comedy Festival as well, and she's great. I mean, we, we talk about Archer and how she got on that and how she uh, writes in character. Uh, of the. She doesn't write the character. Pam for the show, but she is the writer for the uh, for for the character's Twitter account. Um, <laughs> that's just so funny to me that the character has a Twitter account, but she's the one writing it. So it's just an it's an interesting process to have to to create for that. And she talks about that, and it's just a delightful chat. And you should check it out because she's great. And uh, she had a lot of good stuff to say. So check that out. The next episode, which was last week's episode, was the Christmas episode. Or if you celebrate Hanukkah, the Hanukkah episode. Or if you celebrate Kwanzaa, the Kwanzaa episode. Or if you celebrate Festivus, the Festivus episode. And <laughs> I talk about just the year. It was a year in review. I met up with Justina again, and we talked about the whole year, and it was a very fun chat. I hope you're taking stock of this last year and figuring out what you want to do for 2017, because I sure am. 2017 is our year. Let's do this. Let's also do this together. Let's keep doing this together. Why don't you look up old blogs and upcoming blogs on thereitispod.com, and why don't you... Follow and like us on social media, Twitter and Facebook at There It Is Pod, and shoot me some emails, shoot me some tweets, say some things on Facebook about what you would like to see in the upcoming year for you or for the podcast. And you can also follow me on Twitter at Jason Farr Jokes as I try to learn how to write jokes. 
<laughs> I have some successful ones on there. Thanks so much for listening to these episodes and this episode. Can't wait to give you more in the upcoming year. Have a great one. Until next time, be good to each other. The music for the theme song was created by Neil Brooks. The rap was written and performed by Nick Acevedo. The logo for There It Is was created by Jeff Prater. The There It Is podcast is produced by Jason Farr.